Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by Coinciers Club, mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution, making purchasing easy, safe, and overall process more efficient while costing less, helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream. All right, let's take a look at what's going on in the market after the weekend. Looks like the Bears have come out fighting on Monday. Yes, a Monday for the Bears. <laughs> Overall, crypto market cap down to $210 billion right now. As time of last recording, about 48 hours ago, we were sitting at about $224 billion. So a big drop over the weekend. Looks like Bitcoin dominance is at 53% still. But we're looking at Bitcoin down about 3.76% over the last 24 hours. Many, many cryptocurrencies in the double digit down in the red over the last 24 hours. But to put things into perspective, Seven days ago weren't sitting so pretty. As the seven-day trend, most, almost all of the cryptocurrencies are sitting in the green. Many of them still double digits from seven days ago. So not a very good start for the week. Down pretty big. Bitcoin is trading right around 64.50 right now. As we saw, you know, briefly touching 6,800 over the weekend. So is this a reversal of the trend? Or is this just a down leg before we make another move up? We will see shortly. Uh, many market indicators are still looking fairly positive, but we've got to hold this crucial 6,400 uh, resistance level. So let's take a look at what's going on in the crypto news today. First off, I want to highlight an article where Singapore uh, is looking to take a step closer to becoming the national finance. Oh, sorry. Singapore is taking a step closer towards cryptocurrencies as the national financial regulator discussed their openness towards the emerging industry, which happened during the Singapore consensus, uh, which you know was this past week. So Singapore does not regulate technology, but its purpose. So it seems the Singaporean government has a well thought out plan for introducing cryptocurrencies into their economy, according this was written by TechCrunch. So the Singapore consensus 2018 Welcome thousands of cryptocurrency visionaries, entrepreneurs, and experts to discuss and create new links that might form the foundation of the future of the industry. An essential element of the meeting was the talk delivered by the representatives of the Monetary Authority of Singapore with regards to the future in their country. So it looks like many, many countries are taking steps to fight against cryptocurrency. You're going to see a lot of these countries that are embracing the technology, such as Singapore, such as Iceland. Dubai and Switzerland and many others that are open to cryptocurrency, you're going to see them really thrive and survive uh, as this movement goes on. So let's take a look at what else is in the news. So a recent survey reveals that 30% of Londoners plan to invest in cryptocurrencies. That's over twice as much in the national average of 13%. Are you going to attribute the increased public awareness and the 2017 bull run to the sudden interest? So lucrative returns are made by early adopters of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. It's been widely publicized. These early investors have been followed by others looking to make similar gains. The survey found that 37% of adults under 35 were interested in investing in digital assets, while only 4% of people over 45 would consider making an investment. While digital assets are obviously very popular among London investors, more people have money saved than traditional investments. So uh, looking at that, that is what we're seeing. The survey found that 37% of adults under 35 were interested. Now, now this is just based on a survey sample. They're saying only 4% of people over 45 would consider. I feel that's a bit under, you know, under skewed, but these survey samples are not 
astronomically huge. It's fairly small amount. So I think that number uh, probably is sitting somewhere around 30 to 45% total if you were to poll the entire country of people that may be interested and planning to invest in cryptocurrencies at some point. Um, also, a new study on cryptocurrency trading and custody trends holds that digital currency trading is going to grow by 50% in 2019 while overtaking the U.S. debt trading volume in 2018. So that's a measurable growth. So the study called Crypto Asset Market Coverage Initiation reveals that cryptocurrency trading volume is about to grow further. The research shows that digital currency trading volume will overtake the U.S. corporate debt trading in 2018. It's also on track to comprise about 10% of U.S. equity trading volume. It also indicates that the overall trading volume is going to grow by 50% in 2019. Now, a big part of this, you can imagine all of this institutional money that is coming into cryptocurrency is going to make a big, big part of that as you see these companies jump into crypto holding, crypto trading. You know, even some of the asset companies, you can bet that they're going to be trading some of those swings. All right, so Walmart is up next in the news. What does Walmart have to do with blockchain or cryptocurrency? Well, Walmart plans to sell leafy greens that are tracked using blockchain technology within the next year. So this was a press release published Monday. The world's largest retailer, Walmart, both by revenue and employee count, announced that it, it told its suppliers for leafy green produce to integrate a blockchain-based tracking system built in collaboration with IBM by September 2019. So they've got 12 months to get this thing into place. According to the letter sent to suppliers, any company working with Walmart must work with the IBM Food Trust Network to create end-to-end -end traceability in two phases. The blockchain platform will make it easier for Walmart to source any food items quickly, with the release noting that tracing such items as present is an almost insurmountable challenge. So as, as we mentioned in past episodes, blockchain technology is gonna affect many aspects. Tracking produce and tracking goods is probably one of the first widespread adoption things you're going to see happen with the blockchain technology. And it looks like even Walmart is jumping on board. Uh, Walmart's a huge company. Like them or hate them, you can guarantee that's going to bring some mainstream attention to blockchain and force many companies into dabbling in blockchain. And that could lead to further advances. So we'll see how this goes. So but in other words, Walmart has made an appearance in the blockchain technology. Uh, last time we talked about Walmart in a podcast episode was when they were selling chocolate physical Bitcoin coins in their location. So taking it a step further now. All right. So let's jump into crypto education. And I mentioned this in the past, but I want to follow up. And I've got an article posted on a Facebook page uh, talking about using a technical indicator uh, called moving average convergence divergence for short MACD. So several technical indicators help identify changes in strength, momentum, and duration of a trend. None are more simpler and more widely used than the MACD. And I just said more simpler. Not sure that's actually correct, but who cares? All right. So by definition, the MACD turns two trend following indicators, moving averages into a momentum oscillator by subtracting the longer moving average from the shorter moving average. Since the MACD is a trend following or lagging indicator, it does trail pricing events that have already happened in order to gauge the strength of the current trend. There are three main components to the MACD indicator, the MACD line, the blue oscillator, the signal line, and the histogram. MACD line is made up of 12 of the 12 period exponential moving average. So 12 EMA minus the 26 EMA. So the signal line is the nine period EMA 
of the MACD line. The histogram plots the difference between the MACD line and the signal line. Now, when you pull up MACD on a chart, if you haven't already created an account on TradingView, go do that, tradingview.com, set you up a free account, set one of your indicators when you go to the charts of the MACD, you'll see what I'm talking about. So when the MACD crosses above the signal line, it's known as a bullish cross, and when it crosses below, it's known as a bearish cross. So we've seen both of those over the last week. The crosses indicate a shift in trend, momentum, or represent buy or sell signals depending on the type of cross. So when you see that cross, you can, you know, you can pretty much bet that there's going to be a, whether it's a buying or a selling signal. So when there's a huge gap between the trend line, uh, it shows indication of either overbought or oversold. If the gap between the MACD line is way over the signal line, then that's an indication that, hey, maybe it's overbought. Maybe you should, you see a correction. Even if it doesn't dip back below the signal line, it could have some dip. And when it's way under and there's a big gap, that could be way oversold, which means there could be a possible spike in the price, get back closer to that. So the MACD is a great tool for um, trend followers, traders, whether you're a beginner or professional. It really depicts buy and sell signals simply by crossing of the two lines. So even the most novice traders can quickly become comfortable with the tool. It's one of the top three I recommend, especially for beginners when you're looking into learning trading. You want to learn MACD and then eventually pair that up with RSI, Bollinger Bands, and really looking at volume as well. So those will help you to learn how to trade. So I would recommend you start to learn those. I've talked about other ones in the past. I will be touching on these quite often as it's a crucial topic. Many people want to know when to buy, when to sell. And I use a lot of these indicators. In fact, last week, like I said, in one of the Facebook groups, uh, people were, were talking about all the hype about Ripple, how Ripple was running up. And I made a simple comment that looking at the indicators, expect the dip to be coming soon. You know, I wasn't trying to scare anyone out of a trade but I also didn't want people to jump in and FOMO buy when something is at the peak of a spike. And as we saw what happened that day, Ripple spiked that day around 75 cents, currently trading around 45 cents. So big drop. It was way overbought. We looked like, you know, the MACD was way up there. looks like it was going to come down. So was the RSI. That's actually what happened. And you know, yeah, that's a big drop, but Ripple is still trading over 70% over last week. But chances are, if you jumped into the trade on Friday, then you did not experience a good day unless you sold quickly during that spike. So that's why it's important to learn these indicators to know when to enter a trade, when to exit a trade. If you want to enter a trade late, make sure you know how to set stop losses or stops just in case, just so you don't end up too far upside down. Uh, if your stop is not at your break-even point, have a certain amount you're willing to maybe lose on a trade, even if it's a small amount set that stop that way in case the trade goes the opposite way. You're not sitting there losing too much or sitting way upside down. Many people just remember anytime something is sold, it is also bought. So many people sold ripple when it spiked over 75 cents the other day. But what does that mean? There's also some people that bought. So the more you learn these indicators, the more you can be on the good side of that trade and not the bad side of the trade. You need a buyer, you need a seller, but if you're listening to this, make sure you get on the good side of those trades. And if you didn't, just use it as a learning opportunity for the future. So that is it for our episode today. As I mentioned earlier, all of these news articles we talk about can be found on our Facebook page from No Crypto to No Crypto. And also, uh, we have a book on Amazon just for the basics. A lot of these things I talk about, such as certain indicators, 
certain tools to follow, certain accounts to set up, as today I mentioned in TradingView, uh, can all be found on our, on our, in the book I have. It's under the same name as this podcast, From No Crypto to No Crypto. It's a beginner's guide to cryptocurrency. It's available on Amazon. You can get it both in paperback and Kindle ebook. When you buy the paperback, you can get the ebook for free. So that is it for episode today. I want to thank you for listening in and we'll see you on the next episode.